If you or a loved one has been diagnosed with an acute obsession of true crime, caught discussing tragic events with unwilling participants, or kept awake at night by the paranormal or just plain absurd, you've found the right place. All others, beware of catching this dangerous bug as we begin to talk about the facts. Well, guys, guess what time it is? This is the beginning of the spooky season. And welcome to Let's Talk About the Facts. And for those of you who still don't know us, we're a podcast about cold cases, bizarre phenomena, the wildest stories I felt like researching. And I definitely felt like researching this one because as we are now in spooky season, it's time to break out. The spooky stories. And as we are in the screaming 20s, guys, let's talk about a place that would 100% make me scream. So speaking of, I am Elizabeth Fury, and with me today is a very special guest. Addison Peacock is me. Hello. (laughs) And tell us about yourself, Addison. So I uh, am a podcaster, voice actor, all-around very online presence. Um, I was the co-host of The Cryptid Keeper for about three years running. We just wrapped that show recently, ran for about 140-something episodes about uh, cryptids and folklore and similarly spooky stories. Um, I also have uh, been a voice actor at the No Sleep podcast telling said spooky stories and uh, pop up throughout the internet generally doing spooky things that's kind of my whole it's kind of my whole deal it's her jam creeps and crawls and things that go bump in the night it's like we have the same jam (laughs) but we're just dipping our fingers into one shared jar of jam oh it's very unsanitary it's okay (laughs) there might be eyeballs in there who knows so basically you're the perfect person to hear this story eyeball jam just like mom used to make oh (laughs) yummo it's grandma's recipe (laughs) no 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 it's grandma's eyes oh even better okay little did she know (laughs) please tell me what we're what we're talking about so we're going to talk about a place in america because we do happen to unfortunately be americans right now um (laughs) i know painful as it is and uh i am surprised you don't know this one and i'm thrilled to be the person to tell you about it because one it's wild two it's oddly feminist and three it's the best spooky house that i know of so we are gonna dip into the sally house my friends sally house the sally house so for context um i've already done 1993 back in episode three i think um i think it was the wrongful death of andre jones It's pathetic that I don't know my own episodes, but whatever. So instead, I decided to hit the year that the Sally House was actually built. Um, So we're scrolling all the way back to 1867, which sounds terrible, but we're going to do it. (laughs) We have President Andrew Johnson, who took over after Lincoln was assassinated. He was a Democrat from Tennessee, which is my home state. Um, Also the home state of Dolly Parton. So, you know, Mm. you can forgive a couple things from Tennessee, but not too many. Tennessee's given us a few gifts. I think after giving us Dolly, I'm willing to let a lot slide. They gave you me. That's true. Two for two. Woo! 
And then after that, you know. We don't need to talk about the rest of it. We're going to forget about it until I can think of something. <laughs> Watch it be like somebody amazing and we're like, oh, yeah, that person. Um, but not Andrew Johnson, a president I remember absolutely nothing about except that he succeeded Lincoln. Well, guess what? I'm going to tell you something. Oh, perfect. <laughs> he was the only Southern senator to remain loyal to the Union. Oh, okay. A thing. Uh, I find that to be quite wild, actually. I think that's very interesting, actually. So, also in this 1867, African-American men were granted the right to vote in the District of Columbia. Nebraska joins the U.S. as the 37th state. And so, we got a flag makeover. We bought Alaska from Russia. We bought Alaska. Yeah, which was known as Seward's Folly, and I shit you not, I remember this I don't know why this is historical fact, mm -hmm. because they always, like, made fun of this dude for buying Alaska for, like, such a cheap price. Yeah. And then it turns out, like, Alaska has all these great resources, and it's this awesome place. But then they were like, ha-ha, you bought Alaska. You were an idiot. And it turns out he was, like, a genius. Because <laughs> we got Alaska, pun intended, dirt cheap. <laughs> so, Yeah. But I, I can't believe I've remembered that since high school. Very annoying. Um, and then you have Manifest Destiny. Oh, the, boy. <laughs> the worst ideology ever. Mm -hmm. And the Medicine Lodge Treaty. More trash. And we are deep in the business of stealing land from Native American tribes, just like left and right. It's mm -hmm. like a candy grab from babies. I have a vivid memory. I'm sorry. I have a vivid memory of being in like my sophomore high school uh, history class and Manifest Destiny coming up and being very, very unsettled because a girl in my class got very excited about the chance to talk about Manifest Destiny, which is like when I learned that for like certain very politically conservative uh, Mormons, that's like a thing that they, that they like still celebrate. They're like, Manifest Destiny, big thumbs up. Okay, <laughs> so random. I don't know if anybody ever listened to the Adventures and Odyssey tapes. Mm -hmm. Oh, they were tapes, yes. I don't know if they were ever on CD. But they were, like, a Christian-based, like, stories. Mm -hmm. And I remember this, like, female character, probably a teenager, was mm -hmm. like, I can't study Manifest Destiny. It's so hard. I need help. And this, like, older male character who was, like, supposed to be this, like, wise sage. Was it Joseph Smith? No, sorry. I, I don't know. <laughs> Um, maybe, but he was like, I'm going to help you with your homework, but like, we have to have this adventure and blah, blah, blah. And then they come back and they help her with her homework. And she was like, no, I understand. And I've like kept that in the background of my head for so long. Mm -hmm. And now I just told everyone on the internet. I'm glad. I just remembered that because like, I remember being very unsettled by that reaction on her part. And then also that girl like low key bullied me in high school too. So I'm like. Yeah, so you're outing her secrets, like, zero right zero. now. Yeah, her name's Elizabeth. Oh, no! I'm sorry. It wasn't me. No, it wasn't. I was busy watching Space Jam. <laughs> or Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> Please. Because those are two movies I'm pretty sure I've seen over a hundred times. <laughs> so, like, honestly, statistically, it's possible. You didn't have time to defend Manifest Destiny. You I never would. exploring American cinematic classics. Oh, no, of course you did <laughs> Please, sorry. <laughs> We're gonna, it's just, 
I love how they they describe it too. I'm sorry. One more one more take on this. I love how they describe it where it was like, oh, and we'll take this and we'll take this. Like there was no mm-hmm. there was no battle there. There was no one defending their land. No, They're just God, like, of course oh, not. is this yours? Someone just left land lying around for I people to snatch. grab. That's what happened in American history, I believe. It's what I was taught in the American public education system. <laughs> oh, dear God. Uh, anyway. You know, if you want to hear my opinions on that, tune want- in last episode. I roasted it pretty hard. If you want some real scary stories, let me tell you about American public school history textbooks. What anyway. if like, that was like our episode 30? American public schools mm-hmm. and what they tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's anyway, another. Let's, let's, let's go away from that and into something that's the fun kind of scary. You know what's funny is what I wrote was, I wish I had the time in this episode to explain it. <laughs> Oops. But you know... We'll just do an episode. (laughs) Um, Also, this is an excellent point of American exceptionalism because of shittiness. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, this was the year the Sally House was built. So let's talk about the Sally House now that we have roasted America again. But, you know, it needs it. Deserved. Deserved. Well deserved. Um, So we are going to get on our little boat of imagination and sail on to Atchison, Kansas. And the only reason I even know about that place is from Most Popular Girls in School on YouTube. Oh, my God. I used to watch those. (laughs) Shout out to that show. It made me laugh. (laughs) No, no one paid me for that. I don't know, Mom. Why don't you ask the bread loaf that's baking in my vagina? (laughs) My favorite was uh, when she was like, who the fuck are you? Mm-hmm. Who the fuck are you? Who I asked you first. I asked you second. <laughs> Gold. Anyway. Gold. That's the best comeback I've ever heard in my life. Anyway. <laughs> so we're in Atchison, Kansas. There's a small two-story brick house. It's above the Missouri River. And it is now called the Sally House. Sometimes it is called the Scratch House. I've never heard of it called that, but okay. Apparently... It's often referred to as one of the most haunted houses in the United States. A lot of houses are called that. I, I was going to say, I feel like that's best cup of coffee in the U.S. kind of status. Oh, yeah, totally. Like every diner has the best cup of coffee. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, but some of them do have good cups of coffee. Some of them coffee. do. Some of them really don't. Anyway. You know, honestly, it just depends on how drunk you are. <laughs> Um, this house is thought to be haunted by a demonic spirit that disguises itself as a young girl named Sally. I was going to ask. Truly horrifying. I love that. I was going to ask who Sally was. And now you know. And now I know. I like the that. The moment. And by, I, I'm sure I won't like that when I hear more about the antics of said entity, but uh, I... Oh, yeah. I talk about like how I feel about that later. Okay, perfect. Just so you know, guys, I'm not rattling this Foreshadowing. off. I wrote this down. Um, well, I could rattle it off, but it'd be terrible. <laughs> Atchison also has another claim to fame besides most popular girls in school. Um, <laughs> it's also the birthplace of Amelia Earhart. Amelia Earhart. Yeah, but her ranch was in North Hollywood, which is really close to where we are right now. So, yeah, you know, wait. <laughs> we have her library. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I've been to that library. Shockingly plain. Oh. Uh, other than that, Atchison, very fairly normal Midwestern America. Normal Midwestern America, except the Amelia Earhart birth and the ghost house. Yeah. <laughs> Which is 
Midwestern. That's very American, honestly. That's very that's very it. Midwestern. I am from a from a town where Patsy Klein lived like briefly, and amazing. so they have a whole Patsy Klein museum. That's amazing. Um, anyway, I mean, we love to get really excited about famous people being linked to towns that have nothing else going for them. It's like a it's it's a very American pursuit. Uh, it, it's true. I mean, I lived in Little Rock, where they have the Bill Clinton Memorial, like everything. Yeah, it's fabulous. Um, so this house was originally built for the Finney family mm-hmm. in 1867, as we said. Um, there's a test at the end of this. Don't worry. Oh, good. <laughs> Perfect. They lived in the home until it, the last Finney, Dr. Charles, passed away in 1947. Four known members of the Finney family have passed away in the house. Michael in 1872. Richard Edwin, quotes, uh, in 1874, William True in 1918, and Agnes Finney True in 1939. So, after Dr. Charles Finney, the house was rented to many families who came and left. Many of those residents and stay long, often due to paranormal things in the house. And then we have Tony and Deborah Pickman, who move in the house in 1993. Pickman. Yeah. Oh, the reason I know that name is not them. There was a serial killer with the same last name who fed his victims to pigs. Okay. Oh, I think I know which one you're talking yep. about. He had a pig farm. I immediately, for a second, I was like, I know that name. I don't know that name. I only know, I know the last name because they unfortunately share it with a murderer. <laughs> and I've also seen the Criminal Minds episode that they like loosely based off mm-hmm. of him. I think his name was Robert Pickman. Yeah, maybe. He had a pig farm. Anyway, that's not what this is about. <laughs> Later episode, That's, coming soon to a podcast near you. That is how I know, though, uh, that pigs can demolish a human body like, Except pretty for quickly. Shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, ugh. Anyway, sorry. Uh, but they do give you bacon. They do. And they all, they're also very smart animals. They're, um, pigs are incredibly intelligent. They're, like, uh, they're, they're regarded as smarter than dogs in terms of their ability to, like, retain and understand information. Fair. But they also, if given a chance will eat you i think i'm okay with that Mm -hmm. i probably had it coming (laughs) like as i've said many times before i'm a millennial like when my time is here my time is here (laughs) i'm not trying to bargain with death um (laughs) so tony and deborah pickman yes they move in 1993 what could go wrong i was two i was negative two oh my god (laughs) (laughs) so Currently, the Sally house is empty because no one wants to live in the house (laughs) after all of these activities. Paranormal activities? You know? One through five? (laughs) Let's talk about Sally. Okay, yeah, please. Do we know who Sally is or what she wants? Of course not. No good ghost stories come with answers. Answers make it less fun. But I do have options. That's the fun. Mm. It's spookier. So legend number one, which is the one that I totally agree with, and I, this is the one that I want to believe. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's another story of a death in the house that is of a young girl named Sally. Wow. Um, so the story is that Dr. Charles Finney was home one evening when a neighbor came frantically banging on his door while holding his daughter Sally 
while she was screaming in pain. Dr. Finney took the mother and Sally. Well, that neighbor was a woman. They could have said a woman. Uh, they took the mother and Sally, and he laid her on the tabletop. It seemed that Sally's appendix had ruptured. Oh. And would need to be operated on immediately. No. Yeah. So Dr. Finney sedated Sally with ether and then began to operate, not realizing it hadn't taken full effect. <gasps> she began to flail and scratch at him, and the mother held her down. The doctor did not stop operating. Oh, my God. Yeah. She died on the table from blood loss and shock, and some say that she died staring straight into the doctor's eyes with hatred. Yeah. What a charming young girl. Well, I mean, if someone's operating on me without anesthetic, and the, I would also do the same thing. <laughs> I, oh. I, I reserve judgment of Sally for being angry that oh, yeah. someone operated on her without sedating her properly. Also, she's supposed to be about six years old. Oh my god! I know. But, I mean, allegedly, in this version, if she if he hadn't done that, she was going to die. Yes, absolutely. So it's like but also, the lose-lose scenario. I mean, and this is a situation, I guess, where since medical malpractice probably wasn't as much of an option, I feel like your only other option is ghostly vengeance. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's about it. Like, those are your choices, and medical malpractice isn't viable. Ghostly vengeance is where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I love that. That's why I like this version. This version, Sally did nothing wrong. And neither did he, in, in theory. Yeah, I mean... A bad. It was a series of deeply unfortunate events. Really, it's the mom's fault because I mean, how long do you have to be in pain for her to be like, "Help my baby"? Yeah. So the appendix was ruptured so badly, like they needed to. That he had to do to, it right. Yeah, then. they didn't have time to take her to a hospital. They had to do it right there, right then, on the kitchen counter. Yep. Oh boy. I'm just saying, I love this version. Mm -hmm. So here's next. The legend number two, I should say, which is a variant. Mm -hmm. So she's six years old. Uh, she lived in the house with her family and died of a botched appendicitis sur surgery when she was six years old. They're so very, very married to the appendicitis story. Well, this was just a variant. Okay. But it wasn't Dr. Finney who did it. It was somebody else. Okay. But she lived in the house. Mm. So rather than be a neighbor who came over and, and then died in the house, she, she died in the house because it was her house. Yes. Got it. And then legend number three, uh, another story claims that she was taken to Dr. Finney due to respiratory issues, and then the doctor didn't recognize, like, the seriousness of her condition, and she died of pneumonia. Mm. And then legend states that she only attacks grown males, like the doctor who had failed her in her mortal life. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. So, those are some theories mm -hmm. as to who Sally is, if Sally is actually who she says she is. Yeah, that's the question I had, because I know you, you said before that part of the legend is that it's like some sort of demonic presence pretending to be Possibly. a little girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When we get into speculation okay, okay, station, okay. you get to have the fun of deciding what you think. Okay, yeah. So, let's talk about the Pikmins. Please. Like, how did they get in this? Well, they rented a house. Yeah. What kind of, like bullshit nightmares that oh honey this is gonna be the house that's great for our family like what a rookie mistake i was gonna say i mean yeah at that point it was 1993 right horror movies had been made several films with that exact premise were on the books i, know. I don't know if i have a lot of uh, i shouldn't say i don't have sympathy that's not true that's not I true know. i have sympathy for anyone who deals with a scary haunting experience like that but also 
<laughs> but also at this point, you have a well-established kind of cultural pool to pull from of why started having a fresh start for your family in a house where people have died horribly and then since other people have seen terrible, frightening things that drove them from the house, you have reason to believe that's not a good idea. I wonder if they knew, though. That's my big question is, did the real estate agent disclose any of that to Man, them? Man, maybe I wrote that down and forgot. Because if we'll so, the out. real villain, or if not, the real villain, of course, is the real estate agent. Actually... I watched this uh, episode. Okay, so there's this great show that um, Jonathan Frakes hosts. And I know Star Trek fans are like, oh, Jonathan Frakes, of course, he's mm-hmm. from our show. But see, I'm keeping this fandom alive. Mm-hmm. It's called Beyond Belief. Oh, wait, fac- Beyond Belief Factor Fiction. Okay. Yeah, and so they, they present several stories uh-huh. that are like fictionalized versions of the real ones or fake. Uh-huh. And you have to decide which one's real and which one isn't. It's Ooh, delightful. That's fun. And so 90s. That's it's so fun. amazing. So there was one where the real estate agent like bought the haunted house uh-huh. at like a super cheap price because the haunted like mm-hmm. situation drove everyone out and mm-hmm. like killed everybody. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I don't believe in that. I got this house though. <laughs> and then she got killed in the house. And oh I was my God. like, I, I, I've told this on a lot of podcasts before, or like on my own podcast before, but uh, this is the brief moment that I mentioned that I did. Uh, I didn't really have any personal experiences that were dramatic, but I did live in a haunted uh, dorm in college. Oh, I believe that. I, I went to school in Illinois at a, uh, and then I transferred to a different school that I graduated from. It's a whole thing. But my school in Illinois had housing for like the arts department and like the theater department that was, uh, if the legends are to be believed, that had previously been a funeral home. No. And I will say that when you go into the house, the, the the one of the bedrooms on the first floor of that house that was all converted into dorms is like those sliding wooden doors, like Stop. to the room where the, and that's the room where all the shit supposedly happens in that house. And I knew a girl my freshman year who was a junior acting major who broke her housing contract with the university to move out of that house because she was living in that room and was waking up in the middle of the night and seeing shadowy figures at the foot of her bed and getting weird bruises on her legs that she couldn't explain. And so she broke her housing contract with the university and she moved out. I later lived in that building. I did not live in that room. I lived on the third floor. And I had a couple different times where I thought I heard someone walking around in that room when there was no one home. So That's so creepy. Anyway... My point is that the university was like, cheap real estate on campus, let's put all the theater students in there. (laughs) (laughs) We could blame it on their, like, histrionics. Exactly, they're dramatic. Um, It was also one of the nicer buildings in terms of actual student, university-provided student housing, so people wanted to live in there even though there was all that, all the stories, because it was like, it it had actual, like, uh, in building laundry and like, uh, wow. and like, like, yeah, there was like laundry in the basement and like a little kitchen. Like it was actually like pretty nice for a dorm, but also ghosts. <laughs> yeah. It's like, do I want to serve up a side of ghosts with my yeah, breakfast? Yeah. But that's the thing. Right. And that's the, my yeah. thing for the Pikmins. Like when, listen, I don't know how nice this house is, but if the amenities are good enough, maybe you maybe take I'll that risk. Some yes, ghosts. maybe I'll take that risk. You know, I I actually am gonna agree with you. We I'll had be- a living room with a couch and a piano. I was like, maybe there's a ghost, but we have a piano. You know, that's fair. Maybe we'll get some tunes. Yeah. Like, 
I, I love the positivity on Thank this. you. Thank you. I'm just saying that in the modern housing market, there are compromises that have to be made. That's all Espe- I'm saying. Oh, my gosh. Mill- that's what I'm saying. Millennials are really, like, willing to do what we got to do. <laughs> we really are. I'm sorry. Please tell me about the Pikmin family. Not to, be, <laughs> not to be confused with the serial killer who fed people to his pigs. You know what? We're covering that story. You're going to have to tell the story now. I'll come back on. Yeah, you got to do that one. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. I don't know when I'm penciling it in, but it's happening. All right. Because now I need to know. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. Okay, please. So, enter the Pikmins, 1993. Yes. <laughs> um, we have a lovely family that aren't serial killers that I know of. Um, Tony, Deborah, and newborn baby Pikmin. For the said baby's privacy and the fact that he's, like, a bit younger than me, I guess. He's probably your age. I'm going to redact his name from the episode. Uh, he is two years older than me, about. Maybe. He's not born until, like, 1993. Oh. Yeah, I was born in 95, so two years. Maybe. Yeah, so yeah. close. Anyway. Yeah, he's in between us. Yeah. Um, so, newborn baby. They move in. And I'm not exactly... Ash- oh, yeah, I put it. I'm not exactly sure if they were aware... Of the haunt. Oh. But at the same time, it's not like they had the internet. And honestly, I, d- I don't know if the disclosure laws about, like, you know, people being killed. Right, because... It's like 10 years. There is. And also, I don't know if you have to disclose. Like, I know you have to, in certain states, uh, within t- a certain reason, dis- disclose, like, deaths years. in the house. But if, if the most recent things that have happened are just people being very disturbed by something and then moving out, I don't know that there's any law that says anyone has to tell them about that. I don't either. I if no one actually that. is killed in the house, I don't think you actually have to say, like, I don't think you have to say people got scared and left. And also, like, think about it this way. If so many people were leaving, like, if I were that renter or real estate agent, I like, if this was my sixth time in, like, a year to get, the, I'd be like... Okay, you're out of towners. Yeah, take this great place. Well, and especially too, like now playing a little bit real estate agent's advocate here, because <laughs> uh, de- it's the same as the devil. I didn't mean that. I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> uh, but like if you believe that the hauntings are not real and it's just people freaking themselves out, the last thing you want to do is accidentally prime new people to think that they're experiencing haunting. Like you know what yeah. I mean? Like if you believe that the hauntings are not real then what you would probably think is people know this is a haunted building, so they're attributing anything weird that happens in the house to ghosts Yeah. when it's probably just, like, piping or, like, uh, like old, old floor settling, yeah. or like, things like breezes because the windows aren't, like, aren't... it's a hundred-year-old yeah. house. Yeah, the windows aren't insulated, so you get weird breezes. Like, exactly. So I, I've... I've turned around very, very quickly within the last 10 minutes. I've turned around on the Pikmins and their real estate agent. No one is at fault here. I've decided to. <laughs> everyone is everyone is forgiven. Yeah, because I don't think I would even tell them. And no. even if that's bad karma, unless I had to, like, one-on-one deal with the ghost. And I don't yeah. think the ghost actually messed with the real estate agent. If I had reason to believe that there was a real ghost, then that becomes a problem. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, even if I did have to deal with the ghost, I'd like to not deal with it and rent out this You'd place. You'd like to pawn it off on somebody else. Ow, <laughs> it's oh bad God. karma, but it's spooky season, and I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, no. So they move in, mm-hmm. and Sally makes sure, she makes sure that the Pikmins know that she is present as soon as possible. <laughs> so allegedly, the first attack happens. Everything is alleged attack? because... Yeah, oh, oh, sorry, yeah. yes, please. 
Yeah, I love that she noticed I said attack. Everything but, um, is alleged, you said? It's all alleged because I don't want to, if I have misrepresented the Pikmin's experience mm-hmm. by citing an incorrect source. Oh, yeah. But also... You also don't want uh, to get sued by a ghost. I don't want to get sued by a ghost. They have a lot of free time, and they don't. They are not bound to the earthly concept of money and funds, so they yeah. can keep you in court for a long, long time. I saw ghost court in the good place. Like, I don't want to go there. Yeah. Oh. That sounds terrible. Um, so... I'm just saying a lot of alleged are coming out. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, the first attack happened when Tony entered a room that was supposedly the Dr. Charles's surgery room in the house. Mm. Why would you have one? I mean, I guess in the old-timey medicine was the wild fucking west. But he I, died in 1947. Oh, that's still fairly old-timey. We were doing a lot of weird stuff. But, like, old medicine is like the wild west. There is no rules. They were just... Do it. They were just like given. I mean, this goes back farther, but they were just like giving people heroin and I like. Mean, did the, he just have like scalpels akimbo here? I like, don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess also it's small town. The closest hospital might be several towns away. Well, you that have, like explains. the town doctor might need to like. He was the town doctor. Yeah, he's the town doctor. He but might can't need to. You like, have a separate building to like slice and dice. Mm-hmm. I mean, God. So, anyways, Tony feels inexplicably cold, and then long, bloody scratches appear on his arm. Oh, God. I know. Hence attack. So, this is, like, this is not, uh, my normal attitude toward haunted places is that it's scary and spooky to hear or see mysterious, unexplained things, but, like, most of the time, I consider ghosts and, like, haunted things to just be kind of, kind of either fun, spooky, or just kind of sad. Uh, because it's it's most of the time the apparition it's just described as like you see a woman in a white gown crying and then she disappears or like mood yeah things like right (laughs) but like like there's something very normally I don't consider I consider ghost stuff to be very interesting but not really that scary this is this crosses some lines I'm not used to this crosses a line this is sort of like uh, um, if you cover the bell witch like when you when the line gets crossed into like physical violence, then that changes things in a very big way. Oh yeah, you're gonna need to hold on to your tater tots okay. for this. <laughs> I will keep a firm grip on them then. Yeah. Okay, so ready? Okay, yes. There was a nursery for the Pikmin's newborn son. Uh huh. And it was filled with teddy bears, like yeah. gifts and stuff. And Sally often played with the bears, okay. and she would take them off the shelves yeah. and arrange them in a circle in the middle of the floor. No. And it would take minutes no the light of the nursery would be turned back on and the baby would wake up as if someone was playing with him a neighbor would even comment to deborah like casually in the day like why she would leave the nursery light on at night which nosy neighbor also also, love her also this is none of your business susan I know, but also, Susan, thanks for the info. I know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I like, hate you, Susan, but also... None of your business. As a researcher, what would I do without it's, you? That's true. I just... Ugh. Like, Susan, shut shut up, but, like, I needed that. Busy bodies are, the, are a researcher's gift, but a bane to a neighbor. Oh, God, I know. But also, Deborah was certain she turned the light off. Mm. And as every good mother knows, babies often sleep in the dark. Yeah. I mean, I don't know every baby. We haven't met, but <laughs> often. Don't have the free time to meet every single baby. I've been trying. Yeah. Yeah. But that is, see, 
I feel like you front loaded the scarier stuff to me because oh, as I'm, much as like moving. No, no definitely. Okay, fair. <laughs> because I was gonna say I. I'm not nearly as bothered by lights uh, and and rearranging of toys. As much as I'm sure it would be frightening to walk into your son's nursery and see like the teddy bears arranged in like a ritualistic circle, I, I'm much less afraid of that. But she's playing with the baby too. Yeah, so she's playing with the baby, but playing with the baby, clearly Actually, the baby like, doesn't seem upset. Relaxing like, me a little bit because I was like, don't you hurt my baby? Yeah. But like playing with the baby, like sounds like she wasn't, ag- or she's not aggressive to the baby. But sounds she's like doing she's it in the middle of the night so the baby can't sleep. So it's making mm. me wonder: is she doing it for sleep deprivation, or is she just doing it because that's when ghosts are out? Is that night? I don't know. <laughs> she's like, she's like, this is my awake hours, and hello, baby, let's hang out. If Sally's only six too, she's probably just like, this is me assuming that Sally is. For, for the purposes of this exact moment, assuming that Sally is in fact a ghost of an actual child, like a human child, then she probably is just like, ooh, a baby. <laughs> ooh, baby, no one's around. Yeah. Wanna play hopscotch? Yeah. Ooh, we She's can't. like, no, we can't, but like, let me like throw, like, do fun shit with your teddy bears and see if it makes you laugh. Yeah. Like, like there is definitely a version of those events that is not insidious, that is just kind of a little kid ghost being like, oh, a baby. <laughs> yeah. This is, like, what I love about this is it's very different from more things that I'm about to read. Okay, yeah, I'm very interested. So, another story. Tony's brother, Greg. Classic American names here. That's my roommate's name. You got Tony, you got Deborah, you got Greg, you got newborn baby. I mean, amazing. <laughs> We're in the Midwest, too, so yeah, it's very... Totally. Oh, Deborah, Tony... <laughs> Greg. Uh. <laughs> you also like slightly feel Minnesotan. Is, is that how you say it? That was definitely the, the, the only, the Midwest accents I can do are very, mis- or Minnesota or Wisconsin because those are the people that I knew more of when I was living in the it Midwest. It just reminded me of my, one of my favorite movies, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Mm. So I am occasionally, I if I'm doing Midwest, I am living smack dab in the middle of Fargo, North Dakota, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh. Well, so Greg, Greg. Oh, so Greg. Um, he was taking pictures of the teddy bears, and he focused in oh, on no. a bear, and he asked, if you're here, do you want to have your picture taken? <laughs> so right after he clicks the shutter, <laughs> the bear spun around no! as they watched. <laughs> no! <laughs> yep. And then Tony's sister-in-law visited the house Mm -hmm. she says she had an overwhelming unsettling feeling in the nursery and then their dog would start barking at the entrance dog always knows oh yeah dog always knows oh yeah dog always knows and the cats stared at something unseen no so that's tricky because cats will do that even when there is nothing really there because i think they're just like seeing like dust particles and stuff so i don't always trust a a cat cat staring because i've seen cats Cats will stare at anything. I've seen a cat doing that, and I thought there, and I got very nervous, only to discover that like there was like a tiny little dot of like a light reflecting off a window just the right way and dancing on the wall. And they're like, "Whoa, this is amazing!" <laughs> so, I, but uh, but if a dog is freaking out about a room, yeah, no, never going. Something is wrong in there. The the one thing I've learned in my life is that I don't need anything bad enough. I don't. No. Like, if it's, like, a million dollars is in this room, but a dog is barking at it. I don't need that million dollars. I don't need it. I don't need anything bad enough to enter a room that a dog is responding to like he's in a horror movie. Yeah, no. 
I'm not that girl. She's she's good. Like, you know what else I could do? Probably make a million dollars before I die. You know what else I could or do? Not. Anything else. Anything. I could I could just go sit in the bathroom for a little bit. Well, a million dollars is pretty cold comfort if you get murdered by a ghost. Like, why? Why would you? It's like why I never understand hitmen mm-hmm. who are, like, going on suicide missions. Like, why? I was just thinking, and this is unrelated, and I, I really do want to hear the rest of the story because I it's 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 a scary season and I want to get scared. But I I was thinking is the reason that you don't see I feel like the reason you don't see a lot of like deaths result from hauntings a lot of the time is like if you're a ghost and you kill somebody and then they're also a ghost, you're stuck with them. That's that's awkward. Yeah. That is an uncomfortable dynamic. I imagine I have this very vivid mental image of, like, the ghost, and then, like, the person falls down dead, and then their ghost, like, comes out of it, and they just kind of both stare at each other, and they're just, like... That'd be a really good buddy comedy. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a great, um... There's a really great, uh... This is me plugging... I know plug time probably comes later, but I, I, I've done some voice work for, uh... A, a, com- a horror comedy audio drama called Less is Morgue. Uh, that's about a ghoul and a ghost that host a podcast together, and the ghoul and the ghost know each other because the ghoul um, uh, ate the body of the go- like the the person that the ghost belonged to. That's um, awesome. And now they're now they're stuck together. That's hilarious. I love Less is More. Uh, pluggy plug. Um, I'm I, I just had a very small kind of cameo role on there, and then we'll be playing a larger role in season two. Excellent. So, uh, little little plug right in the middle we will totally replug at the end <laughs> okay perfect. is that a word i think anything's a word if you want it bad enough language it, is mutable i mean i went to college for words shakespeare so invented the word eyeball we can do whatever we want and assassin and elbow as a verb oh <gasps> i didn't know that and i'm so mm-hmm. thrilled because i love that word me too so what happened next <laughs> <laughs> i know we we are getting don't so worry far about off. it um, Everything happens so much. So we have the cat staring, the dog barking, a feeling so, of unease, very unease. And then, so Tony, Deborah, and newborn baby who had no part in this decision, they all decide to go stay with Tony's parents for a little bit. Mm-hmm. As they're leaving, Tony feels something very sharp on his back. When they get to the parents' house, uh. He pulled his shirt up, mm-hmm. and there's three bright red scratch marks on his back, oh. which are photographed. This is the second time Tony's gotten scratched up, if I'm not mistaken. You are totally right. Mm. So, the Pickmans invited Barbara Connor. She's a psychic. Mm. To their home. I am not familiar with Barbara Connor. Babs is probably local. Mm-hmm. So, she claims to have connected with a child spirit there, giving her the name Sally, and details of being seven with pain in her abdomen and hand as well as a toothache babs also i know (laughs) tells her or tells the pickmans that the spirit found deborah bossy and that bugged her (laughs) (laughs) and gave the recommendation that sally be gently reminded of the rules of the house but also to give her a, a few toys of her own to play with that makes sense that's an interesting you know prescription I mean, again, if we're operating under the assumption that this is an actual, like, the spirit of a real human child who was only, like, seven, it makes sense that she would react to people coming into her house, especially, like, and and basically be like, you're not my mom, you're not my dad, Yeah. you can't tell me what to do. And as far as I know, we don't know how the Pikmins treated whatever was going on. Like, did they yell? Did they stomp? Exactly. 
Uh. So the idea of it being like, if this, again, uh, if this is an actual spirit of a human child, be like, hey, Sally, um, I know this is your house, but we live here too. So like, let's all be nice to each other. And here's some stuffed animals. Roommates. Yeah. Uh, so Deborah tells of a time that they did get Sally a toy. Mm-hmm. It was a baby doll, and they left the box wrapped as a present in the nursery for her. Deborah says that she went to the nursery one day to find the doll in the crib and the wrapping and box where they had been left, but the wrapping had not been removed. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So the doll was somehow removed from the box without the wrapping paper disturbed. Yeah. That's amazing. And then so they, like, remove it, and, like, a box flap had been bent a little awkwardly, but that was it. So, <sighs> like, it's still sealed. That's so cool. So the Pickmans took photos of around their home, and a lot have unexplained movements, such as, like, streaks. Mm-hmm. So there's one that shows a bluish swirling mass, and Barbara Connor, the psychic... Good old Babs mm-hmm. said it was a good sign and designated it as positive energy, such as love and happiness. Okay. Deborah says she took a photo of a dark mass with a marble appearance in the nursery doorway. They mm. took others and got wispy looking areas. Uh, oh, and got a wispy looking area at the bottom of the stairs, and then an area of black at the bottom of the stairs when they took it from the top. Mm. So looking down. Yeah. So those photos aren't available on the Sally House website any longer, unfortunately. Why? I don't know. Hmm. Well, the Sally House website's like been adjusted. Okay, a I lot. Mean, that's that's fair. I just because hmm. I know that they haven't sold or rented. I don't know. I know that Tony and Deborah have a lot to do with it, though. Mm-hmm. And it's been empty for since the Pickmans. Is that were I they the last like, family to live there? Yeah, ninety five, ninety four. Okay. They were there for a while. Okay. I say a while, like couple years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a long time in a actu- in a actually haunted house. Yeah. So Tony first saw Sally. He saw Sally. Yes, he did. There's an actual drawing. He drew her. Oh. Okay. 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 Yep. The little girl that Barbara had seemed to communicate with. One more. Wait. Well, wait. One morning. I can't spell morning. While in the kitchen, he looked over from the kitchen sink, and she was standing in the doorway. He dropped his glass, and so when he looked up, she was gone. And he sketched a picture of her, and it's still available today. You can see it on the website. He's actually quite the artist because the sketch is really fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so keep in mind that there he has a sketch of her. Okay. It's going to come up again. I, I don't know why that is... For some reason, the, one of the scariest details of this story so far to me, even though uh, he, there's been actual physical violence before, I I'm children make me uneasy like regularly. Same. So if I were alone in my kitchen doing something and I looked and there was a strange little girl, I'm assuming dressed like in old timey clothes, she like is? I would freak the fuck out. Like after this, I'm gonna show you the drawing he did. Mm, okay. And you're gonna crap your pants. <laughs> Like yeah. your tater tots are gonna be all over the place. All over the place. Um, I I I don't have any patience for <laughs> child ghosts okay. manifesting physically ready? in my space. Okay, yes. Because you're not ready for what's gonna happen. Oh, next. good. Um, I'm sorry if I ruined the upholstery of your chair. Then. Uh. <laughs> okay. At this point, things upped real fast. 
Oh, no. Objects were thrown across the room. Mm-hmm. Tony's mother had a lamp thrown at her. I wonder if there's a metaphor in there. <laughs> Lights and a radio would turn on by themselves, and the kitchen timers would go off. Candles would light themselves, Ooh. and occasionally disembodied or unexplained voices would be heard. Ooh. There would be finger marks in candles. So, like, you know how, like, you would have candles? There would just be finger marks, even though it was never melted. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Pink pictures would be upside down on the walls. Mm-hmm. Deborah said fires would start on their own in the nursery. Yeah, in the I, nursery? Yeah, I was confused because I was like, but, like, where? Yeah, how? I, that's all I heard was the fires in I the I mean, nursery. if candles were lighting themselves, then maybe related his fires starting maybe but like know. how many candles do you freaking have especially why would you have candles in a baby's nursery i don't know i don't know i know i'm not I gonna get questions. lost in the weeds here yeah <laughs> except the lost in the flames um tony and deborah decided to invite over a friend and psychic renee like convenient i know like how many psychics do you know Jeez. i need to meet some. there's already two more psychics in this kansas town than there i think i've than there were in like I don't know where I'm going with this, but there's two more psychics in this Kansas town than I would expect there to be. Yeah. Than in my life. Yeah. And I'm upset. So, Renee Liker. I think I said her name right. It's L-E-I-K-E-R. That sounds right. Liker. Liker. I like her. I like her. (laughs) Actually, I do. Like, genuinely. No, I know. I just, that's funny. So, Renee comes in. She allegedly witnesses the shadow of a tall man by the window. And we all know that's bad news bears. Like, Mm-mm. no good. He stood up and walked toward the kitchen when she came to the house. The Shadow house was man. empty at the time. So Renee allegedly felt many spirits in the house, as well as a strong presence of something evil, if not demonic. Her recommendation for the Pikmins was to burn sage in each room to cleanse the house and help get rid of the spirits, that, or the evil spirits that... Um, had taken place there, which is a very common ritual. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, at the beginning of this cleanse, when Deborah began to cleanse the master bedroom, Tony was violently attacked. He was scratched and thrown against the room, uh, the room in the, like thrown across the room into the wall. Oh my god! And then he was forcibly held down while Deborah tried to help him up. Renee repeatedly demanded for the spirit to release Tony, and it took a while. Tony said Sally appeared next to him, grabbed his wrist, and left burns in the shape of fingerprints. Holy shit. Afterward, Tony said he would feel the presence of evil around him often and would be physically attacked by things he couldn't see. He was scratched, have burns or cuts that would appear on his body out of nowhere, and it was even caught on camera. So, like, they would be filming and they could see the scratch happening. I know, right? (laughs) Many investigators have visited the house and reported seeing objects in the air. Full and half-bodied apparitions of Sally, as well as other people. Mm -hmm. Other things people have claimed to see have been unexplained smells, temperatures, electronic malfunctions, especially with lights, Mm -hmm. furniture adjusting or moving on its own, shadow play, and things of that nature. Has there been any mention, you said smells, is there a specification about what the smells are? Because sulfur or rotten meat tends to be associated with, like, 
demonic I think hauntings. I remember sulfur, but it was, like, also okay. other smells, too. Okay. I only ask because it's something I've seen come up when I research, like, hauntings and stuff, is the idea that sulfur and, like, rotting meat smells accompany, like, demonic activity, supposedly. Right. I, I couldn't um, cite the source. Mm-hmm. It was in, like, For a sure. non-reputable source that <laughs> I read. Just very curious yeah. about it, yeah. Um, but I do believe sulfur was definitely listed in one of the... Mm-hmm. Unsightable sources. Mm-hmm. Uh, visitors to the house get the basic like hair pulling and pushing, but the majority of the violent attacks were on Tony Pickman. Mm-hmm. Um, the pick oh the Pickmans that would find strange mold on things in the kitchen, even if they had used it the day before. Oh. Weird, right? So he said the temperature would always be colder. And the attacks would be on his arms, back, chest, or stomach. Hmm. Tony also got to the point where he couldn't think happy thoughts in his home, and he felt like he was going to murder his wife by slitting her throat. Oh, my God. He had even started planning it. <gasps> Jesus. And to this day, it devastates him that those thoughts even crossed his mind. And Tony and Deborah are still together, Did as far he, as I'm aware. I'm hoping he got copious therapy. Yeah. He, like, when he, I've seen an interview with him, and when he talks about it, it, like, you can see it's just mm-hmm. horrifically devastating. Yeah, of course. But, like, they're still together, and he, like, knew that wasn't him. Right. Or, like, like, like at the very most skeptical version of events, that was, like, he had, like, a psychotic break or something. Like, But, I mean, you can't deny a video of... Oh, yeah. I just mean, I just mean, like, that that can happen, that sort of thing, like, ideation can happen to people even without supernatural intervention. It's very, it's important to, like, I'm glad yeah. he he's okay now, but that's really horrifying. Yeah, and that he was able to work through it with his wife. Yeah, I'm really glad that they were... incredibly, honestly, that's her showing a lot of, a lot of grace and a lot of forgiveness there as well. Definitely. The fact that they're, I'm glad that he's okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, Tony went through it. Cause yeah, like, this is horrifying. Like I said, it's always towards older grown men. Yeah. So, remember that sketch. Uh-huh. A tenant prior to the Pickmans had allegedly woken up to a face, uh, woken up facing a grotesque and gaunt, dead-looking individual lying down and facing her in bed. <gasps> oh! Right? Another family had also lived in the home before the Pickmans mm-hmm. and had a young daughter who allegedly had an imaginary friend named Sally. No! The little girl would often tell her that she had gotten in trouble for things Sally had done or Sally would tell her to do. No! The girl looked at Tony's drawing and recognized her as the imaginary friend of her childhood. No! 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 <laughs> Yeah. I violently reject that. No. Yep. So, of course, you know, paranormal investigators have been there. They've yeah. used, um, the equipment they've used at the Sally House includes, includes EVP, digital and analog voice recorders, infrared, heat-sensitive video cameras, mm-hmm. electromagnetic meters. Investigative groups visiting the house have also tried to communicate with these spirits, using dowsing rods, crystals, pendulums, ESP, and spirit box EMF reader meters. Mm. Um, for those who don't know what spirit boxes are, they are 
radio they basically sweep radio frequencies oh, yeah. much faster and it makes a white noise and there's fa- one on the queen mary yeah there's one on the queen mary mm-hmm. yeah so it's like fast scanning the radio and it can provide the energy that spirits can need to get voices through to us mm-hmm. allegedly yeah the idea is that it's like yeah i, I remember hearing about this that it's like sweeping radio signals and like if like providing like a a medium through which yeah, yeah something could theoretically speak yeah, yeah. i remember that um so after two years the pikmins finally had enough and moved elsewhere they returned about a decade later with psychic investigators the first few visits proceeded without incident okay. so that's what i know uh we're gonna move to speculation of what's really going on there okay yeah because were you thoroughly freaked out yeah, that got that got really gnarly at the end there. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. So, first speculation. That there is a middle-aged woman said to be behind the more violent attacks on Tony Pickman, while Sally is a mi- mischievous mm-hmm. instead of malevolent. Mm-hmm. She's more responsible for the benign activity. So, Deborah said in 2006, it was verified that there was a strong female presence in the house and that this individual, while alive, was not a sane person. In fact, she had not only killed her young son, but she had been committed to an institution several times throughout her lifetime. As her history unfolds, it becomes quite clear that she is a driving force within the house, and that she could have used Tony's fear in the presence of unearthly demons to strengthen her hold on his emotions. Mm. So that's one of the theories mm-hmm. of the driving force yeah. in the house. I don't know how I feel about that. My, one. I don't know how I feel about the specifics of that one. That feels a little like, um, the I get the like the the it feels a little bit like the impulse to demonize people who struggle with mental illness in a time that they we didn't have the resources to treat it adequately. Yeah. Um, I do, however. Uh, feel open to the possibility that there is more than one thing in the house. Definitely. I think that the idea that Sally is, like, doing, like, smaller things, mm-hmm. like, more things that, like, a kid would do, moving stuff around, poking candle wax, like, and then there's something else that's more malicious. Like, if Sally is what they think she is, if Sally literally is the ghost of this child who died in that house... I think it's unlikely that she would do the violent stuff. I think right. that doesn't seem like, like for a kid that for all that we know about her, like just had like was a regular child and then had a horrible death in the house. There's not really anything that would explain why she would behave any differently than just a child. I mean, it does explain the scratches. Yes. And why it's only on Tony. The scratching, I think. But on the, the other all, stuff? Yeah, I think the scratching and even maybe the burns – there's something to be said for, like, maybe she's not trying to hurt him with the burns, and that's just something that happens when she tries to touch. There's, like, some other kind of things you could really... But some of the other stuff, exactly, like, especially, like, the, some of the more violent activity, I, I don't know. That just doesn't seem... That doesn't seem... That doesn't seem to line up to yeah. me. Unless it's something else pretending to be Sally. Fair. We'll move on to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but before we move on to that... Yes. There was an investigation done with tuning forks. So a fork consists of a handle and two tines. Mm -hmm. When the tuning forks hit 
are hit with a rubber hammer, the tines begin to vibrate. The back and forth vibration of the tines produce disturbances of surrounding air molecules as the tines continue to vibrate in alternating pattern of high and low pressure regions are creating. So these tuning forks were used in the basement to bring up human spirits out of the ground beneath us and that a dark and negative entity or force was not happy about it. Mm. A lot of people present uh, or present, sorry, a lot of people present reported feeling physically sick, fearful, or a heaviness in their chest, as well as difficulty breathing and mm. or disturbing nightmares for several days after. Oof. So that's another thing. Yeah. Is that it could have been a result of yeah. something like that or it's something under the earth. Yeah. So from Deborah Pickman, there's an other spirits thought catalog. Mm-hmm. So you have... Um, Agnes Finney, who is the daughter of the couple who owned the house longer than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Then there's Brandon, who is an easily irritated, dominant adult male with a good sense of humor who pranks adults in order to make children laugh. Mm-hmm. Charles Finney, an older male with an effeminate vocal effect who decades ago completed, competed as an ice skater while dressed as a female, which I find very interesting. Good for him. Yeah, I was like, dude. Yeah. Kill it. Yeah. Given um, the time, good for him. I want to know if he's the surgeon, though. Because it didn't say Dr. Charles Finney. It well, just said Charles and Finney. And they reuse names a lot. All the time. Yeah. So I was about to be like, are you a surgeon and a An ice skater? Ice <laughs> That's incredible. Jesus. No, um, carving up people and carving up ice. Oh, nice. Thank you. Both your hands and your feet. Yes. Yeah. But also, I don't know if that's the same Charles, because back then they reused names so like, much. Oh. Uh, but please, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, not at all. I was just thrilled that that worked so well. <laughs> that was such a great, like, carving up ice. Oh, yes. Um, uh, then we have Edith, and it said a senile older woman whom everyone seems to love. Good for her. Good for her. We have Frank Jr., a man who died in Kansas City a year after Sally died when his mom botched a suicide attempt that killed him, that but that she survived. Oh, my God. Yes. That would suck. Frank that's, Jr., that's I get awful. your rage. Yeah, that's awful. I feel like, fuck you, Mom. That's Yeah, that's horrible. Oh, my uh, God. And by the way, these are all exactly as Deborah Pickman wrote them. Uh-huh. Uh, Joanna Barnes, a dominant female who lived next door to Sally House until 1906 and whose ghostly voice was allegedly captured on audio. Oh. Okay. Then we have Paul, a young boy who was lynched and also thought to be a slave. I definitely edited that sentence. Um, It's unclear what his relation was to the house since slavery was over long. No, it wasn't. Since slavery was in the process of being outlawed when the house was built. Yeah. Hey, Deborah, do some research here. Um, yeah. 1867. Yeah, it wasn't long over. Not even close. Not yeah, even like no. a little bit. Not even a sneeze. Deborah. Deborah, honey. Love you, but what? Um, Ryan, a relative of Sally's who speaks with a slight accent, would love to know which one. But that, that means so many things. Um, what accent? 
And then Tom Burns, a former Civil War soldier who sometimes appears in the house dressed in his military uniform because no good haunting doesn't have one. No good haunted house is complete without somebody appearing in a Civil War uniform. Like, honestly, one day we'll be over it. Mm -hmm. God. Ugh. Okay, so, some more theories. Mm -hmm. One is that a traumatic and painful death of Sally is the reason for her on the property. Some also believe that this haunting, which seemed to begin with just Sally, over the years has drawn more entities to take up within the walls of the Sally house. Mm. And that the house is a portal or doorway for like some kind of spirits or entities. Mm-hmm. Um, records do apparently show that a Sally Isabel Hall did live in the house in 1905, okay. but she was 35 years old. And black. So not the Sally from the story. Not a young girl who died in the house. There are no official records of a young girl named Sally living in the Sally house. So another theory, brace those tater tots really real fast, is that a demon or demons Mm -hmm. or other inhuman supernatural entities that are known to disguise or present themselves as human spirits may be responsible and are presenting themselves as yep, Sally. Yep, yep, I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. Oh, wait, I didn't know this part. She says, as she knew this part and forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I Listen, wrote it. We've all been there. <laughs> Another family did move into the house after the Pickman oh. family left. Yeah, I forgot. What happened? What happened? They did not have paranormal activity, but they found a large pentagram, an altar, and kettle and a black robe, which were found in the basement by the landlord. I don't believe that. I don't I, be- I do not believe that. I think that is a lie. However, <laughs> I, there is a stain on the floor. Oh, that I believe. I, I don't mean to immediately jump to just, like, that is just so conveniently, like... Devil worship. Yeah, that's, like, so on the nose. It's, like, in not even way, on the nose. It's, like, poking yourself in the eye. Yeah, that's, like... So that feels like so out of the satanic panic of the 80s that I can't handle it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The fact that someone would leave behind a black, like, not even just the pentagram, but leave behind their special robe. Kettle. And their kettle. No. No, they didn't. I'm sorry. Not to be that person, but no, they didn't. No, they didn't. Um, But. Maybe they And you know what? If it turns out I'm wrong and they did, then egg on my face. I'm sorry. But, sorry, what's next? Egg on my face. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll I'll take that. But no, you're right. Some say that demons live in the basics, specifically base. What did I say? Basics. basics. Demons live in the basics. The devil's in the details. <laughs> <laughs> Just one hoax. Uh, so some say, <laughs> some are said to believe that the demons live in the basement of the house. There is a hole in the back of the wall. Mm. So that's where de- demons live in holes. They can come. That's how they get in. I felt like demons live in condos, but demons that's me. Demons are like demons are like cockroaches if you leave a hole for them they'll come in yeah so and if you spot one you know there's many more hiding out you know demons are like they're a lot like cockroaches or cockroaches as the beautiful natasha leone says cockroaches yeah they're a lot kills me okay so another 2006 deborah um quote Mm -hmm. at times the need or desire to return to the house was very overwhelming. Our desire to help and understand blinded us to the possibility of uh, ulterior motives or influences. For years, other groups had offered the theory that there were demonic forces 
at work. Tony's original feelings while living in the house were that of demonic activity oh. and misrepresentation. And more recently, psychic involvement offered the same daunting information. Yeah. Yes, I Christopher Walken that. Yeah, I felt it. <laughs> also, I just... I... Listen, I have trouble saying no to people. I have trouble, like, involving myself in other people's problems. I, I don't know if I would want to continuously revisit a house where my loved one was, like, brutalized yeah. on a regular basis. Like, scratched up and burned and thrown around. That's a lot. Like, I, I don't know that I would want to revisit that space. No, not No matter at how all. guilty I felt, I don't know that that's a space I want to revisit. I feel like, I feel like. It's not a situation I've ever been in, so I can't fully judge, but I, I don't know that I, I couldn't be me. Yeah, I feel like it's a couldn't be me situation. Be me. But at the same time, I feel like, would I go back as just a visitor? Maybe. Yes. Okay, maybe, yeah. Because I am a slut for punishment. <laughs> Like, I'd be like, oh, my God, this house loves me. But also, it doesn't. So no, I would always I make sure you. I have an escape route. Yeah. But also. Be careful. Yeah, like, I'd be like, where's all the doors? Where's the window? Mm-hmm. I would have a garden pot in my hand at all times so also, I could bash a window in. Don't go into the basement, maybe? Oh, no, absolutely not. And I would make sure that I was, like, the most princess about it mm. because oh yeah i'd be like does everyone remember that i got the crap beat out of me in this house yes also really quick i um gotta appreciate the fact that like is there a reason why we think that they think there are demons in the basement or is it just that do the demons just know that that's the scariest room in the house and that's where they hang out i think it's just because they're closer to water i have this oh, theory okay. that water and demons it's irrational like do you have any <laughs> irrational fears Oh, yeah, I've got a lot. I'm, like, irrationally afraid of Gary Busey. Oh, yeah. Like, if I ever saw Gary Busey... I don't know Busey, if that's irrational. <laughs> I've never he met has him. A, he has a chaotic energy that puts me on edge. Like, when John Mulaney said, if you left your baby with Gary Busey, I was like, I'm not the only one. <laughs> but also, I don't know him to judge him like this. No, I know. That's fair. I don't know the man. But at the same time, if I saw him, like, walking down the street... I might implode. He's in one of my favorite bad movies of all time, The Ginger Dead Man. I've never seen that. The Ginger Dead to. Man is about a murderous uh, gingerbread man voiced by Gary Busey. Uh, like, a, like a murderer gets killed, and then his mother bakes his ashes into gingerbread dough, and then he becomes a haunted gingerbread man uh, voiced by Gary Busey who kills people with a revolver. It's very good. I need to see this movie yesterday. Uh, to quote my favorite line from the trailer, uh, um, who is who is that? Or what is that? Well, it ain't the Pillsbury fucking Doughboy. Oh my god. Anyway, I highly recommend. Um, so that's our movie night. Yeah. Um, but, okay. So to wrap this puppy up. Oh yes, Because please. this puppy is not wrapped. Take it and home. And we gotta wrap it like the doll that she... Wrap it up and take it home and put it in the nursery. <laughs> uh... Don't worry, guys. It'll be a wrapped forever <laughs> so i've brought forth this story of fear and terror and a place to live of fear and terror and that's kansas um 
I know. You guys, well, who's shocked that I'm roasting states? I mean, I roasted Mississippi for 15 minutes. I looked it up. Um, I'm shocked that this house hasn't been hit by a tornado, though. So, like, just tossing it out there. I know what Tornado Alley is like. Grew up in it. And you should know this shit is the kind of shit that happens in the kind of house. And I wonder so many things. Like, I really enjoyed the absolute wildness of it, mm-hmm. but also maybe demons protect your house. So if you're looking for real tornado insurance, get a demon. Oh, so, no! <laughs> also, <laughs> kids terrify the absolute crap out of me. Like, anything mm. haunting kid-related, mm-hmm. I am scared out of my mind. So, like, one time, my niece came up to me at my bedside and woke me up because she had a nightmare, and I almost screamed in her face. Like, no. I... Almost did. I like, and I didn't. I was very proud of myself because I didn't, and I'm the world's greatest aunt, and she had no idea. But at the same time, you were terrified. I was so scared. Like, almost crapped my pants. Yeah. Um, but also, like, she wanted to sleep in my bed. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's that's fine. And I still was like, did I let a demon in my bed? And then I almost crapped my pants about that. No. And I didn't. Because if I did, I would have owned up to it. Because, like, all adults at some point will crap their pants. Mm -hmm. Like, if you went to a state university, act like you haven't crapped your pants at some point. Like, (laughs) you're a liar. Don't lie. Don't lie. You know you've done it. And so, like, I'm just getting acquainted with all the gods. And I'm aware that I invited this demon child into my bed <laughs> and so thankfully i was alive the next morning and things were good but still like in the back of your mind i'm sure like 80 percent sure that my dad was like is this my kid or a demon every <laughs> time i woke him up scared that's fair especially the time i called him from my room when i was staying at their house and there was a roach on the wall and i couldn't handle it oh no i was like 20 yeah <laughs> listen fair. no chill called him on the cell phone and was like come kill this <laughs> And, yeah, so I don't know if hate is the right word, but I certainly, like, feel something about this. Mm -hmm. And if, like, demons were messing with my sleep, like, some of this. Yeah. No. My closing arguments are that. I'm very surprised there hasn't been some sort of film adaptation of this. Maybe there hasn't. It was made for TV and we just don't know. I mean, maybe. I just think about, like, I think about, um, like, The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2, and... uh, This would be a good Conjuring 3. It would be a good Conjuring. They wouldn't do it because the Warrens weren't involved, although it didn't stop them with The Conjuring 2. I shouldn't say that. Uh, The Warrens claimed to be involved with the Enfield haunting. They barely were, but that's its own... I mean, it's fiction. (laughs) I mean, it is, but they they are using real people (laughs) in the stories. They used a real person for bones. You're right. You're right. No, I know, but uh, I just I, I get a little bit I get a little frustrated with the with the I love the Conjuring movies. I get a little frustrated. I know, with them. and the chemistry between Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga is like it's actually I like I like them a lot. It's I love Patrick Wilson. Fire. Uh, but this is not that's not what this is about. Anyway, maybe if there hasn't been a Sally House film already, I'd like to I would like to see one. It sounds very scary, and I miss kind of classic haunted house films like we haven't had aside from the conjuring which i love there haven't really been a lot of them in recent years and we need patrick wilson patrick wilson because he is what he it's can all play about. he can play tony he could he could play tony or he could play the tall dark stranger oh 
I'm about to do so much conjecture, like in this. I'm gonna write the film, and I'm gonna do so Let's many do conjecture. Copyright, copyright, copyright. If you listen to this, you are agreeing to acknowledge the copyright held <laughs> by Elizabeth for the film rights to the story. Doing um, it now. Okay, let me that's give how you contracts work. Uh, <laughs> that's how that's how copyright law works. Don't worry about it. Don't look that up. Sorry, please. Oh, I was gonna just throw down my citations. Oh real yes, quick. do it. Uh, thesallyhouse.com. I also found some information from onlyinyourstate.com. I've used Only In Your State before. I want to look up so much more stuff. They have really fun, there's really fun stuff on there. Have you been to creepyghoststories.com? Oh, I'm sure I have. That was a delightful one. I also got some from uh, unexplainedmysteries.com and somethingwicked.com. I have perused both of those as well. Yeah. It's a good time. So those were my citations for you guys. Yeah. One day I'll have a website, and yeah. you'll be able to click through yourself, but that day is not today. No. And, <laughs> and that's okay. But thank you for listening. Yes. Anything? Oh, wait. What do you want to plug? Oh, yeah. No worries. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, plug all the things. plugs. Um, that's what I'm I'm on Twitter uh, at Addison underscore Peacock. That's A-D-D-I-S-O-N underscore P-E-A-C-O-C-K. It's like the bird. You get it. Um, she's a streaming service. Don't. Um, <laughs> they took it from me, and I can't have it back. You should be getting residuals. I really should. It's, we're not going to, it's fine. Um, I also, um, you know, if you want to hit up the now-concluded uh, podcast, The Cryptid Keeper, uh, we have an, a backlog of about 140-something episodes to go through. I also am one of the players on A Horror Borealis, which is a Monster of the Week actual play tabletop podcast. Uh, that's currently on hiatus, but we'll be coming back sometime soon, and there's a pretty decent backlog, backlog to get through in the meantime. Also, upcoming projects, I wrote... A, an episode of season two of the show It Listens from the Radio, which is an, uh, a horror anthology audio drama. Season two starts in October. Um, and then I will uh, look out for me on future episodes or in future involvement on Less is Morgue, which is a uh, queer horror comedy podcast. Good times, lots of fun. And uh, that's, that's pretty much all the pluggy stuff I have for right now. And also future episodes of Let's Talk About the Facts, because we absolutely did. Yeah, we did. We talked, talked about the about facts, it. the fictions, the conjectures, the... The sidetracks. The sidetracks, <laughs> the feelings. Talked about the facts and the feelings. Oh, man. Um, and that's... And that's what we're here for. So thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next time for another spooky episode I am Elizabeth Fury, and this has been Addison Peacock, and we will see you next time. This podcast was surprisingly produced by me. Original music by Miranda Miller. You can find us both on Twitter and Instagram at TalkAboutFacts. That's T-A-L-K-A-B-T. F-A-C-T-S or email recommendations to ltatfpodcast at gmail.com Stay safe out there, friends.